You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Good morning, everybody. Um, you're very welcome to this week's uh, Let's Talk Dairy webinar. We have my colleague, Pat Going. Pat is going to have a conversation with me around cost, cost of production, and I suppose, Pat, in terms of managing cash flow and, and how we might do that for the remainder of 2023. Morning, Pat. Hi, James. How are you? Um, we, we, we've, we've good news from um, we've good news from John, and and we're getting you on in in ultimately a fall of milk price market. But um, I think it's important that we maybe have a wee chat. I suppose the reason behind it is obviously there's pressure coming from from a global uh, from the global milk prices. Um, best part of twenty cent, obviously, off base milk price over the last few months. Um, you look at the international markets, I was looking at the US, they're down about 30, 32, 33% on last year's milk price. And um, the outlook isn't obviously for any big increases over the coming months. So I suppose to start there, Pat, in terms of where ultimately are we at? We've seen big, big increases in costs last year. Um, I'll not say it was okay, but ultimately it was offset somewhat by um, a significant increase in in base milk price in 2022. But where are we seeing or where are you projecting costs to be in in 2023, I suppose, comparable to that of last year? Yeah, thanks, James. Um, Yes, look, as we all know, the markets are back. And as you say, last year... uh, everything accelerated in costs so we had the big ones which is the feed and fertilizer which jumped the most but we also had uh, like the agri index of inflation is eight percent so you had this thing where all costs were getting a little bit dearer and the whole thing sort of came together obviously towards the back end of the year then energy rose so one with the other the average cost and we'll do it on a per cow basis now just on the figures too james these are coming off the profit monitor so it includes the cost of rearing the heifer so when I quote it per cow, it does include the cost of ringering the heifers with it. And the average last year was just shy of 1,900 euro a cow. So that that rose, that was up by 34%, up uh, substantially from the year previous, and mainly driven by feed and fert. And as you say, milk price kept kept a power, and if uh, towards the back end of last year, it's nearly the, the flip of this year, um, it just kept going, and uh, the milk checks kept coming in, and people had a good year. And unfortunately, we're in a different situation. But when we look at the, the costs this year, um, what we're seeing is, I suppose, we have that creep, if you want to call it, of inflationary costs of everything again. So, you know, vaccines, vet costs, you know, the cost of labour in, in general in the, in, in, in the economy is a little bit dearer. So that's been passed on to all your costs as you move along. You have your energy and ESB. So ESB peaked towards last year so rose throughout the year hasn't shifted this year so we're still on high costs it, no there's no indication it's going to drop off so you're going to have a higher esb year interest rates have started to increase over last year as well so anyone with a level of debt their interest costs are going to go up a bit um if you are replacing your land or you're pla- changing your labor there's an increased cost now if we average that out over the whole industry the 18,000 dairy farmers you won't see it because now everyone changes mm-hmm. uh, land in the one time but there isn't a, a pressure on that there so when we look at all them costs from a fixed cost point of view um they're all there or if, if not a little bit more um if we move to the variable cost then we get a similar outlook so look 
you know, AI straws and you might have the euro on it, um, vaccines, they're all just creeping. Contractors probably want to stay relatively static to the last year, but had risen in, into last year. And the big two then are feed and fertilizer. And if we look at them, and on average now feed and fertilizer are making up about close to 40% of the total cost. So they're the big ones. So what, how, how they move will determine or, um, where your costs are going to go for the year. Um, so feed was high at the start of the year and it started to slide off. But we front load, as with fertilizer as well, we use a lot of it at the start of the year. So what the cost of it at the start of the year has a big impact for the total year. Fertilizer, the same thing, started very high. It's after dropping off. Indications it might start to rise again, albeit for the amount we but used at the end of the year, we uh, very limited, as John was saying. So what you want, one with the other, depending on when you bought your fertilizer, there may be a saving. So some people front load it uh, based on tax advice and based on potential scarcities of uh, fertilizer. So they have incurred it at the high price. Um, other people then wait and see and probably got the benefit of that decision and you weigh it all out um, long an- long answer now to a mm. short question is it's coming in around the same thing so mm. and the big variant will be is your exposure to the feed uh, particularly so if you if you are a high f- meal feeder for whatever reason high stocking rate or whatever system you're in you 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 potentially will increase because the feed is after driving up the overall um, so the savings we're getting feed and fertilizer, I would see an average being et up by all the other costs just increasing. Okay, okay. So, so really, well, ultimately, you're looking for ver- at very, very similar cost of production for 2023 yeah. versus 2022. Yeah, so look, as I said, the average is about 1900. Um, there was a, probably a range, look, there's always a wider range, but it, you'd catch a lot of people on the bell curve, if you want to call it, within 300 euro of either side of that. Mm. Um, the people that are the higher above the average cost they will probably increase because they're more, they're generally driven by more high fee costs. Um, the lower people then depend on whether fixed cost structure and things like that. But yeah, it's re- relatively static. Yeah. So that's, the, that, that's one question I was going to say, when we look at the benchmark and across individual farms, I suppose, and, and <laughs> using the profit monitor, there's always a, 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 a range in, in costs as such. What is, What's the drivers from your point of view in terms of that range in 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 costs um, at individual farm level, or, or what are the things maybe that might push you into that high cost bracket? So the, the biggest one I think uh, comes down to it is uh, is, is the, it's how you feed your cow. So we have this we would have come out in last year's dairy conference uh, the paper you and I did. Um, it's about and it's basically looking at three main costs, which is feed, fertilizer, and contracting. And we classify them as direct feed costs. And they proportioned somewhere between 14 and 50% of total costs. So how you feed your cow. Um, like we can talk about all the other ones and saving euro here and saving euro there. But the big the, the, the thing that's driving um, the costs is how you feed your cow. And if you can control that, you have a chance of controlling your overall costs. And the other thing we would look at from that is like that... The, uh, it was cheaper if you want the, the proportion of them direct feed cost was lower if it came out post quota it was about 30 percent so the well everything has got the year it's cost uh, look last year was a particularly bad year but uh um the way the feed and fertilizer went but that they're the one so if you're and it's particularly feed if you're exposed to not being able to grow enough grass or whatever it is uh, maybe a higher stock system it'll it'll tend to drive a higher cost um then within that then there's always nuances like so problem with averages it doesn't catch everyone james so yeah uh, there's some people maybe 
they they're they're at an early stage of expansion so they may have taken on a bit of extra land a bit of extra debt maybe a bit of labor and the output has to match it and it's just ca- catching but you'd hope that will fall through the system um there was people's profitability was uh, cost last year was more on a, a fixed milk price type thing that cut their profitability rather than their cost structure and event their cost structure was probably more static when they were getting the lower milk price so there's a whole lot of different re- reasons why um things can happen and then there's just Things things go wrong on farms or so weather events. So there's droughts last year, bits of droughts this year. Um, yeah, you had John talk about there's like good silage coming in, not as good as quality. So that could have an impact on how much you feed going forward. So there's always these little bit things that can push farmers in and out, but it's mainly driven by how you feed your cow. So really, it comes down to the feed budget and and growing yeah. enough grass for the animals you have. Um, yeah. So as always, folks, um, don't have me asking Pat all the all the questions if there's any hard ones that you just want to post in um we will post them to them today um but i i suppose um there's always then the conversation at individual firm level then pat ultimately that's cost of production okay um and 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 comparable across farms um Break-even costs is something that I've heard uh, a bit about, I suppose, over the last number of months and it's something that we've had a conversation with our advisors and our farmer clients about. Explain to us a little bit, I suppose, the difference between that kind of cost of production that's often discussed and ultimately then the break-even costs for individual farmers. Yeah, so the the cost that we've been quoting there the last few minutes is off profit monitor and as with it, that's a management set of accounts, so... As with your own tax accounts or management set of accounts, it's trying to take a, a picture over time rather than an individual year. So there, the likes of depreciation and certain costs in, certain costs out. And that's just, to, as you said, to be comparable to other people. So it's trying to stabilize it. And the exact same thing happens with your tax accounts. Like, you know, they look at the same type thing. You buy do, do an investment to depreciate over time. Where what we want to look at then is when, particularly in, in that, that the management accounts are excellent to see where you're going or you're on the right track. But on an individual basis, and particularly in a year when milk prices are sliding, we need to get back and look at it from a cash flow point of view. And one metric we use is this break-even analysis, which fundamentally we take all cash uh, payments or incomes, I should say, all cash income, so every any bit of money that comes into the farm, we total that. Then we get all cash payments. So what we'll be adding back into that there then um, will be uh, the principal repayments, will be knocking out the depreciation because it's not an actual um, ca- cash cost. We'll add back in tax, we'll add back in drawings, and we'll add back in any capital reinvestment taken out of uh, cash flow. And we get a total cash cost to the farm. Okay, so the, the total cash payments for that year. And hopefully that'll give you a surplus, uh, surplus in uh, cash total, say 30 or 40,000, whatever it is. And we divide that by the total liters produced in the year. And that gives you your cash surplus or not. And you basically take that off the base milk price. And that will give you roughly the break-even price, that the price that you have to receive from the co-op in, um, to cover all costs, including living. Uh, sorry, I should have had drawings to be added into that as well. No, you did. You mentioned drawings ultimately. I did mention, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's, a, it's an indicator of, uh, um, and I would call it as a nearly like a, a pre-warning for yourself. Like it's a very simple thing to figure out um it'll give you an indication of where at what point milk price um you that the farm would struggle to make all payments mm-hmm. um and it's an early warning system james like you know so yeah. if you know early um and the thing is approaching you start reacting 
Um, that's just the way it works, like, you know, so, um, and it's important, it'll change from year to year, obviously, and things like that as well, like, so the, the cost change, and you'd, you'd work through it, but um, to me, now is the time to do it. Um, very, take a stab at where you are, and when you know where you are, um, you can start making corrective action make decisions off the back of it ultimately yeah. uh, you've completed a lot of these over the last number of weeks um are you going to give me a a, a ballpark figure in terms of where where this break-even price is at at individual farm level um or what's the no talk to me. you're not you're no. not going to give me a big figure pat no 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 figures uh look I, and it's on it. We have it. The, the, the advisors that have it, there's an Excel calculator to do this uh, program. It's on the notes on it. Um, there is no figure as such. It's very individual to every farm. So many things can vary. Like, so sim- simple one and is, is coming up and it's starting to become an issue. And uh, while we had probably mentioned it and we've mentioned it to our own advisors, last year's tax uh, coming this year, that's, yeah. that's, got, that's having an effect. There's cash will be required for that. So your tax structure in a company and not a company in partnership, Massive variance in tax bills based where you are and your capital write downs. That's number one. Num- number two, drawings. That's that's so varied amongst farms, and there is no right or wrong figure. Sure, if you've if you're at a stage of life where there's three or four kids in college, sure, that's it. You have to admit if you're um, if you're out the, the other side and they're um, making a bit of income, um, then you know hopefully they're not still coming back looking for a bit of money. Um, so that that helps on that side. So that drawing's a big thing, tax a big thing. The other one then is your level of debt. Um, that'll have a massive variance. So if you're potentially at a, you're at no debt, then obviously that's less cash required for that. Um, if you're in an early stage of a expansion, there may be debt there to associate with. Other ones then new entrants will tend to be your people uh, with a young herd. Um, they have the cost of the stock, but they may not have the output. So that'll affect the break even. So to quote a break even is doing uh, doing everyone else a disjustice. Because mm-hmm. and uh, it could also mean like uh, we could quote a figure. I'm not going to say a figure now because I'll get caught for saying it. But we could we could uh, say a figure and say, "Well, grand, that's what Chagu said, or break even is that." But it may not it may be totally unsuitable for you. Mm-hmm. So really, ultimately, what I'm hearing from you is sit down, do the sums, work out where you're actually at from from a break even um, middle price point of view for your business, and are you in surplus? Are you in deficit? And um, act accordingly really is the message from ourselves um, yeah so well there's a couple of things I suppose when, when you say act that that's to say it's a, it's a metric and like, and it can be run 10 times like it's not a big job to do it like and you can run it like so the first thing when you run it is to see well what's driving it you know what 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 is the main thing that's driving my break even so it'll give you an indication of where where is the potential savings too so you have you've sat down look at the figures Big thing is too. Okay, well, milk price is sliding. It's 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 you have higher value milk towards the back end of the year. And we've had John on there a few minutes ago, saying there's an ample supply of grass. We have to utilize that. So the, 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 if we if we're looking at a bad spring next year, the best time to have to save money is now to have it to carry it into next year. So worrying about a uh, high price for next year, not doing anything now is you know the more we can save now by utilizing the the weather we have um, and the grass growth available. And fundamentally, um, because he said himself, don't go mad on the fertilizer. Um, obviously, if the grass is there, he's, he said just before we came on to the uh, online there, that the, the um, dry matters are improving, so there's more power in the grass. So that should be back correspondent to what we shouldn't be, uh, the, the, how we feed the cow. 
save money there, that money then will be able to be carried forward. Yeah. What we are, what we do look at, like is the big thing is with the milk prices, where milk price is going to be next spring. And then it's not, it, believe it or not, the spring doesn't actually have a massive impact, or the milk price, sorry, doesn't have a massive impact on the on your cash flows in the early part, in the first third or first quarter. It's more so what happens with the milk price as we move into April, May, June, July. And what happens there is because you're a month behind with your milk checks and you don't send a whole lot of milk in that part of the year, well, it's, it's, you don't want a bad price. It has a minimal impact on your overall cash flows. It's more when the, the big checks start coming through the end of the year. So if milk price is starting to rise um, and move on forward, um, very good. If we're still low going into April, May, and it's only starting to rise, that's it, at that point starting to have a major impact on the overall year. And as a rule of thumb, it used to be about 30,000. So from a working capital point of view, you would, you would need about 30,000 per 100 cows or 300 a cow on a working capital. So if you were a zero at the start of the year, to the peak when you get to the lowest, you'd be in deficit of about 30,000 per 100 cows. And that'll be either on overdrafts or merchant debt or merchant credit, or if you had it in the bank, then you'd be just dipping into the bank. That figure is moving higher now because the feed and fertilizer has gone up. Um, so it's costing us more and it's tracking depends where last year we've been closer to 50,000 per 100 cows and this so we're estimating somewhere depending on where feed and fertilizer go closer to 40,000 so one way to get through the spring is make as best we can is as they save money now that we can carry ourselves through and then hope that the milk price will rise beyond that um, on it so it's not milk price as such really um, as you say in early in the year it's 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 really feed budget um, and it's, yeah, yeah. Well, it's look, costs around that that like obviously if the milk price it's the positive to have the higher obviously it's not just saying that it, you know it's irrelevant it just has a, it's not when the most of the milk the, the milk checks come in like so yeah. it's more important obviously to have it, have it higher through mid-season when the milk checks are there but the, the biggest problem in any particularly the majority of farms is that the um, all your costs are front loaded to the first quarter and your milk is not there to meet it so you get this bit of a um, you have all your costs associated with you know you're putting out your fertilizer your feed, you're probably feeding heavier. You have calves, milk replacer, the whole lot that goes with it. AI will start creeping into that type of thing as well at that time, maybe synchronization protocols. Um, so we catch it all and the milk's just falling on behind it, like, you know, so um, that's, it, it's the hardest time of year to manage it. And I think we start now. Um, make right, use so of that would, that, ultimately that was my next question in terms of, for the listeners, what, 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 should they be doing now or thinking about or when you one farm and, and you're putting a cash flow plan together in place and by the sounds of it it needs to be put in place till next may type of thing um yeah so the, the, there's looked there's any amount of ways of doing a cash flow so look uh, you could um there's online ones we have our own cost control planner there's a five minute cash flow that uh, our rural development uh specialists developed so Look, you Google it, you get a way of doing the cash flow. There's also the break even there, which is a quicker way just to get yourself lined up. Um, I think within that then, obviously, look, more likely that, that one of the issues we would have had potentially during the drought is if the way milk price was local and things like that, if there was going to be a shortage of fodder, that doesn't seem to be an issue now the way the year came out, which is good, you know, because that put buying fodder um, mm. in the early part of the next year uh, when a low milk price and high cost w- would be a, a very hard cash flow. So one thing is with all them things, make sure you have enough fodder. Um, if you are a farm that is struggling for fodder, you need to look at the, are you carrying passenger stock and start off loading them? Because carrying them to buy fodder next year 
potentially in low milk price makes no sense. Uh, similarly, towards this year, if there's pasture and stock, uh, it's even my own farm. There's a few after drying off and send them off to out farms there to take the pressure off the farm. The ones uh, empties and things like that that we um, not to, to, to reduce the, the feed budget to make more grass available to the cows are there and to balance the thing and have them off the farm like so that that's what we'll be looking to do um other things you look at in your break even then is again say like some people have done a lot of development out of uh capital reinvestment so they did a lot of work last year um out cash flow um and i would see in a lot of scenarios a lot of farmers have taken on a lot of relatively short-term debt probably in look in fairness to them in the last number of years uh, milk price has been fairly strong and profitability has been fairly good so they were in a position that they were able to pay down debt relatively fast. Um, if that's a thing that's putting pressure on cash flows, they maybe need to go talk to the bank, look and restructuring that. There is potential there if you are under pressure to, to go back and back finance uh, some of the the capital re, uh, expenditure you did over the last year or two um, as well. So it's, it's basically to buy back your cash, your cash flow to bring forward. So there is things you can do, but the trick is to do it in time. Um, there's obviously, if you're going, you can go interest only and all these things, if things are very tight. But the point is to start early and look at it and make sure you're in time ahead because it's far easier to talk to bank ahead of the game uh, rather than behind it. And um, what we don't want is starting to run up a lot of the short-term debts, merchant debt, own bills and things like that. And starting to, it's just, it gets into a bit of a, get your head down, gets you into a bit of a hole and it's hard to get out of it, like predicting low milk price here. So there's a lot of things we can do. Um, and a lot of it just, the problem with when you're talking about cash flow and things like that is the things that work are the basic things. Yeah, no. people nearly, I think people nearly um, somewhat afraid of that. They think it's, um, there's 101 things to be plugged into an Excel pad to get to, to get an answer. But as you said, it's it's actually relatively straightforward in terms of the templates that are there. Um, yeah, no, and, 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 and it'll get you 90 or 95%, of, 95 yep. of the way there. You mightn't be... Um, Bang on, hundred percent accurate. But normally, ninety or ninety-five percent actually gives you the answer. The answer you need, Pat, is that right? It's, it's, a, it's the peace of mind in where you are. Um, for a lot of farmers, look, we they are coming off good years. Um, the level of debt and all that is, uh, if you talk to the banks, on average, is a lot lower. Than, you're not carrying as much debt. Obviously, there's individual cases that there is. Farms are in relatively strong places going forward. Um, there's a lot of people now that they're, they're, they're coming out of their expansion phase as such, if you know what I mean, like the herds are maturing and the yields are locking in. So there's a lot of, probably if you go look back to the previous time when there was a low milk price, I think it was 2016, when it dropped down very low as well. Like now, albeit it was, it started high drop for the summer and came high again. I think we averaged about 26 or 27 centiliter that year. We were in a massive expansion phase, I said. So that, that was a tricky one to carry at that time. Like, you know, so, yeah. And the other thing, like, it's about being pre-armed. So as long as I'm with Chagas, and unfortunately or unfortunately, I'm around the while now, but uh, we weather these storms all the time. So it's only a matter of uh, looking down. What seems to be happening with the markets is that there's a bit of a standoff from the buyer's point of view, which is understandable. Sure, if things are the way down, why would you buy? And there hasn't been a car, what they're saying anyway, there hasn't been a corresponding reduction in um, milk associated with lower prices. So that'll all filter through the system. Yeah. Um, and we're, there's a lot of lower, higher cost systems than us that will have to start reducing uh, faster as well. So the whole thing comes together and you get, unfortunately, you get these uh, peaks and troughs, but that's the way it works. Um, 
And so it's about uh, hopefully it'll bounce and it'll turn. And when it turns, it'll start turning fast, in my opinion. Not that's only an opinion like, yeah. Yep. Very good. There's a question in there from um, Justin, I suppose. Uh, can you get access to that kind of cost control cash flow um, templates if you're not a, a Chuggs client? You can. They're available ultimately. Then um, they'll be available, as you say, if you Google them. You'll, you'll ultimately get those simple um, cash. Yeah, flow well, even if you want, if you want to break even, you can email myself or James, whatever, send it on. Just like it's, it's not an issue. Like you know, I mean, it's more important that we're informed um, and make the action. But we still have half of this year left. Um, while milk price is down, it's not uh, maybe further knocks. Uh, this is the time you actually put a bit of cash together normally because a lot of your costs are pulled out of it. So we do everything we can from now on to save cash going forward. Um, and you would have to look. The, the other thing you would say is sometimes is we, we prioritize in the wrong area. You have to protect your business going forward. So some people took a payment or a PK holiday, a self-fertility holiday last year because of the high costs. You know, okay, you might got away with it. Um, if you didn't go back in this year, it's, if you do it for two or two or three years in a row, um, we could have an issue there. So just be careful in what you're doing. That if you don't, if you're you make a decision now that's going to impact your farm in a year or two's time, then you won't you won't actually um, get the benefit of the high price then as such because you're chasing it. Some people are moving back to Stockpool, going away from AI. That's going to impact you for years beyond that. You see um, those, you see those checklists that kind of are, are are out there, and I often see milk recording and stuff on them in terms of which long term, as you say, Pat, it's it's crazy stuff in terms of for the savings associated in terms of the the, the actual costs incurred longer term will be much much greater. Um, what I've heard from you today is really it boils down to feed budget. It 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 ultimately is coming down to that you're carrying the right amount of stock for your farm. Don't be carrying passengers. Make sure you have enough winter feed. Know where your costs are at for your individual farm, and that includes all the costs, um, yeah. repayments, taxation, drawings. Maybe go handy on CapEx from a cash flow perspective. Um, does that mean, I suppose, that that projects that are needed should stop, Pat? Because there's, there's one I, I, I meant to ask you earlier and before we finish up. Do you know what I mean? That should these you're projects like you're, you're building a it's a tank for extra storage or something like that? A, a, ex exactly, exactly. No, or maybe uh, adding a few units to the parlor or whatever it is. No, no, no. So, uh, like some and some of them are tied up with grants and there's timescales and things of that like. So it's very easy for us to say stop it and there's other pressures on the outside. Um, if it's under structured finance, um, doing it out with cash flow um, and hoping for the best. That's all you're doing. Um, there's there's some very good loan options out there now too. There will be a new SBCI loan. Uh, it should be launched two weeks time, I think. Uh, up available, uh, probably if you go on along the previous ones, they'll be unsecured up to uh, up to half a million over ten years. So there's loan options there that are okay. Interest rates are a bit dearer, but you need to protect your cash flow. Um, so you'd have to look at, it, and some people are maybe going doing this thing where they take a lot of it out cash flow. That's fine. But they may not know their tax position yet. So you, you go and spend the money on cash flow, and then the, the tax man comes calling, and you go, geez, I don't have the money. That's that's all planning, like, you know. So you need to pull the whole thing forward before you work that. But there's no reason if it's structured and you're able to afford it. Like, I mean, the, the key thing there is if, you, if you're not able to afford a repayment of it, you're probably not able to afford to take it out cash flow either. Yeah. You know, so um, 
it's about I mean and on a large scale project that that asset the the shed or the slurry tank or even the the extra units that's going to last 15 20 years I don't see why we need to pay for them on yeah yeah but where where we do um as I say reducing PK two three years in a row uh, mm. The, struggling to grow grass next year because of it, um, having to buy a lot more feed because we're not growing the grass. We might save a bit this year, but it'll cost us more next year. Like so, yeah. you know, just everything you use, make sure it's there for the betterment of the farm. Like and it's structured, and I know the impact it is. Will it be on your break even or your cash flow? Just know the impact of it. Um, and I, I think we're we're, we're strong enough overall. Like you know, I suppose we, we're coming off a good year this year. Profitability wise, will be average or a little bit below average and it's really where it's, it depends how long it says low for really um yeah. and hopefully and if you look at the experience in the past it didn't never said too low for too long yeah. so the big message is pat ultimately is look at your individual farm situation know where you're at and uh have a plan in place i suppose to get you out to next april or may as you said uh yeah. it doesn't come a lot of cash uh, in obviously in the early parts of the year on most farms so it's about building cash and carrying cash now to make sure that we get to those um those stronger milk checks next um next april may june uh, the the simple answer james is don't bring the checkbook to the low match <laughs> you can attend but you can't spend is that the is is yeah the burger and chips maybe you want to go to the beer tent for an hour maybe all right like yeah Come here, as always, Pat. Um, we'll we'll meet you in the beer tent for cash flow advice. Yeah. Very, very informative. Um, we're going to go to that. We're, we we run There's over. One more question there, James, I see, is there? Is there? Yep. Uh, there is advice is to talk to your bank early if cash flow uh, will be an issue. Uh, yeah. Do a, do do a cash budget, and that's from that's from an industry representative. So you have said that. So now is the time to do your sums, and if you need to talk to somebody. Talk to them now rather than till next January or February. Yeah, so it's far easier, uh, and all these things take time as well. Like so, um, then what what can happen is if you like, I, I know of farmers in the previous time, um, uh, and he's he looked at milk price looking poor, and da, 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 he spoke to his bank and just said, "Look, we've gone through cash flows, and we may need to go on a principal holiday, basically go interest only on a portion of my loans." Bank were aware of it, as it turned out. The milk price didn't go as bad, or things didn't go bad, and he didn't have to be. He didn't have to avail of it. What harm? Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like the, the bank were happy yeah. that, the, that the farmer was in control of their figures. They were they were to be, and they were speaking to them soon. The 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 thing was in place, it ready to go, and it just didn't happen to be used. And that's more than likely what happened. But what can happen? Some farms is we get a little bit behind. Um, keep going. Get through the spring and it's busy and you're working and next thing you're it's just all sort of builds up on top of you um yeah. and then it, then you're going to the bank potentially when you have maybe the merchant on the merchant or the, the co-op a little bit more than you normally would and there's all these type things to work out and it's just a more complicated situation to try to handle yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so um I'm, uh, I want to thank you again, Pat, as I said, for coming on. Um, very informative. And we're on early talking about this, folks. But I suppose the reason we're on early is exactly as we've discussed. Um, and our last listener's point in terms of have that conversation early. Know where you're going to be at. If you are feeling that you're going to run into difficulties, I suppose, 
have a conversation with your local advisor as well um, put a plan in place and, and talk to your bank, uh, banking institution alright as always it's a busy time on farms folks farm safely and, and we'll talk to you on the next webinar that's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday so do listen in then I'm Stuart Childs and thanks for listening <laughs>